Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com we are in transfer portal season for your Alabama Crimson Tide just two days after the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. It did not go the way your Alabama football Crimson Tide would have wanted to go. Coach Saban got some regrouping to do but we got the time right here to talk about it give our thoughts about it our opinions about it on a wednesday hump day hottest show in the streets talking your bama football news in my own words yours truly stephen smith of tda happy new year to all of you you spend the first wednesday of your new year Talking Bama football with yours truly of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, we bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. Streaming this to you via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, you know what time it is. You smash that subscribe button right now. What are you waiting for? You tap subscribe. You get yourself locked in, locked on. Number one content for your Bama football you also share the show to everybody that you know, every diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide football, friends, family members, all that you can get to to share the show. You, hit, you like the show as well. Tap the like button. Give us that thumbs up. Run those likes up. Trying to get the show 15 likes out the gate to start it. That daily super chat goes $100 daily. Super chat go 100 bucks right there. We appreciate all of you. We're going to get to all of your calls tonight. We definitely want to hear from you guys. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be made known on the show. 205-448-1358. want to hear from you. But without further ado, John, let's get into this. The mass exodus has started for the University of Alabama. Players hitting the transfer portal, getting out of here after the unfortunate, after the heartbreaking 20-27 to overtime loss Alabama took at the hands of Michigan on Monday in the Rose Bowl for the first time in the Nick Saban era. Three years in the series go by in Alabama, not a national champion, uh, Alabama fans for the first time in a three-year championship drought. So what is Nick Saban doing? Saban's cleaning house. That's what he's doing. He's cleaning house. He's getting down to that 85-man roster because he's seeing, hey, maybe it's some of these 2024 kids that need to come in here, shake some things up, 
and get some things right in here. So, uh, Saban cleaning house as we speak. Nine names in the past two days. You know, nine names have jumped into the NCAA transfer portal. Now, one of those nine names, and I'll get to it, one of those nine names, the coaching staff will meet with tomorrow to try to convince him to pull his name out the portal and hang on and stick with the program. So, one of the nine names, Coach Saban and his staff on tomorrow will plead with to see if they can get him to pull his name out and remain with the team. Uh, but nine names right now have hopped in the portal. The nine are as follows. They're on screen. You have center, offensive lineman Seth McLaughlin's in the portal. You have offensive lineman Terrence Ferguson in the portal. You've got Malik Benson, wide receiver. Shaz Preston, wide receiver. Christian Story, defensive back. Earl Little, the second defensive back. Uh, Monkel Goodwine, defensive lineman. Eli Holstein, quarterback. And Miles Kitzelman, tight end. Those are the nine names in the NCAA transfer portal. Now, the one name that Alabama coaches are meeting with tomorrow in hopes to try to pull him out the portal and convince him, persuade him, hang on, remain with the program that is defensive back Earl Little II. Reports are starting to come out. The coaching staff is set to meet with Earl Little and his family in hopes to get him to stay with the program because that young man has a lot of promise. We saw him last spring in the A-Day game, had an interception off of Ty Simpson. And after that, you know, he was in the running with Malachi Moore to potentially start in that nickel defense at that star position. The only issue with Earl, every time he's right there on the cusp of starting, on the cusp of taking a spot, he gets hurt. That's the only thing stopping Earl. Every time he's right there, he suffers an injury. So uh, coaching staff meeting with him tomorrow and his family to kind of plead with him to hang on in terms of the program where that is concerned. But nine names have put themselves in the portal. The good news is one name uh, it has come out in a report that is not entering the portal, and that one name is Ty Simpson. The redshirt freshman quarterback uh, came in as a five-star in the 2022 class from Westview High School in Martin, Tennessee. Ty Simpson, according to several reports, is not, is reportedly not expected to put his name in the portal. He looks to hang on, uh, compete to try to hold off uh, Julian saying and uh, Dylan Lauren again from jumping over him, but also Ty Simpson's competing to try to beat out Jalen Milrow to try to become the starting quarterback next year, starting spring ball, despite Milrow coming off a strong 2023 campaign where he did you know, have a solid year. Now, of course, the Rose Bowl, not necessarily Milrow's finest moment. It was not all on him. 
He's not the overarching theme here. Offensive line's got some issues there. Play calling from Tommy Reese. Why'd you take the ball out of, Justin, out of Justice Haynes' hands when that young man was giving you a spark? For the life of me, I don't know. You took the ball out of Jace McClellan's hands when he was giving you a spark. And then... You know, the lack of aggression from the Alabama defense on that final drive for Michigan. A lot of blame to go around. It's not overarching on Milrow, but Ty Simpson not putting his name in the transfer portal. He's staying on to continue to battle it out in terms of competing for starting job here in the spring for Alabama football. But it's transfer portal season happening not right now for the Crimson Tide. So, for Coach Saban, you know, he's looking at, you know, how many of these 2024 guys I've signed in here, how many of these how many of these kids, these young athletes can come in here, step up, and create some type of an impact here on the roster as the tie trying to get down to the 85-man scholarship roster allotted to by the NCAA. But the one name that Alabama's coaching staff is going to look to talk to, according to these reports coming out here on social media, that name being Earl Little II, trying to convince him, stay, hang on, don't jump ship yet. But we're going to take our first break here on the show and touch that down. We're just getting you started. Upon our return, we want to hear from you. We want to get your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. Bring them in. Bring them in. We get to you to start this Wednesday of a new year right after this. I'm Alec Moore. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama YouTube channel. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. And we are back rocking and rolling in the action from the break. Hottest show on the streets on a Wednesday, New Year 2024. Talking your Bama football in my own words. George Truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. My man John Ivory and the production studio continue tapping the like button, giving us that thumbs up, hitting the subscribe button, making this your place here for all things Bama football. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. Transfer portal season. So many guys putting their name in the portal here. When you talk Alabama football, the one name, the coaching staff pleading with to not jump ship. Defensive back, Earl Little the second. But we're going to go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Derek from Omaha once again. <clears throat> How you doing, Steven? 
Doing good, Derek. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Happy New Year to you and your family, man. Hey, um, I was watching you, um, you know, the other day on the podcast. Uh, you had a, um, I forget what it's called. You had a, a Scarborough on there, and uh, that one comedian. I, I forget what podcast it was, but uh, I, I, I want to say um, concerning the comedian on there, I forget his name. He made a real valid point that was at the I was thinking it, but I didn't want to think like that. That um that self that 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 center, he's on something, man. You know, because like he said, every time we got into a good position to do something, he'll screw up. And 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 and, and the, the the drive that we had in the in the in the second half that was really good, what did he do? He he did two bad snaps and a, a illegal uh, snap or whatever to get us where we had to punt out. I, I just have I just have a sneaky feeling, and with him in the transfer portal right now, somebody needs to investigate this dude and look at his bank, his checking account, man, because nobody is that bad for that long. And um, I, 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 what, do, what do you have to say about that, Stephen? I, I I mean it, it's for, for 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 me, Derek. It goes back to just two roughly two to three years ago. We're talking about Seth McLaughlin goes into the Georgia game, the 2021 SEC title game. He gets his first start in that game of his career. He handles Jordan Davis and that Georgia defense for Alabama to win with 42-24, 41-24, something like that. And McLaughlin got praised for that. I don't know know how you fall off. From that moment to this season where you have, what, 30 bad snaps? How do you go from where you were in 2021 to where you dominated in the SEC championship game to 30 bad snaps in the Rose Bowl? Not not, not the Rose right. Bowl, but during the season. Right, right. And, and, and I, you know, I, I'm glad he's in transfer portal, man. I, get out of Alabama before some, somebody put their hands on you. But um, another thing um, that you brought up, and I, I was hoping, because, you know, I used to live in California. I was hoping that Alabama would be more business-like and don't fall for that, that California love. You know, uh, with them being on Rodeo Drive and, 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 you know, the media's on them and they're like superstars and stuff, you can get caught up real easy in Cali like that, real easy. And I, I, I didn't see uh, any fight in them. Uh, I just think they were – it just looked like they were going through the motions. Uh, Michigan had more, more heart at the beginning, middle, and end of the game. Um, we just rested on our laurels. Like, you know, okay, second half, we're, we're a second-half team. You, you, when you're in the playoffs, you're playing top teams. You, you got to adjust on the fly. You can't wait until the second half. You can't wait until the fourth quarter. You can't wait to do that. Not, not in the playoffs. You're playing top-tier teams. And, 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 and as far as all them other cats that's jumping in the transfer portal, hey, good, all right, see you later. You know, how can little, that, that uh, defensive back, how can you say no to Saban? How can you sit up there and say, nah, saving, nah, I'm just going to stay in the portal, man. When he comes and he's telling you, man, bro, come on, stay. You know, you can't turn them down. But it's going to have to get shaked down because we have 26 uh, recruits coming in, you know, uh, dogs coming in, and then we got another three coming in transfer pro. That's 29 players right there. So we're going to take a hit, and sometimes it's going to be a good hit because we have to clean house. Now, with Saban – 
I don't know what he's going to do with Reese, um, but I, I, I'm up in the air with that one. You know, uh, when I, the game I saw, uh, uh, you know, this Monday, it, it just reminded me of the Texas game. There was no fight really in there. You know, and it's, it's frustrating, but you got to tip your hat. So I tip my hat off to Michigan, you know, and uh, congratulations. I'm not watching the, the championship game. I can't do it. But um, I just want to say that, man, and, and, and I, I, we need to clean it up a little bit, man, and, and, and just get please get back to the Alabama standard, man. Come on, man. But that, that's all I have to say right there, Stephen, man. You, you, you uh, take it easy, bro, and I'll just talk, talk to you next week, man. Absolutely. Derek from Omaha calling in, getting a start here on a Wednesday. We're going to go to this call. You're live on the show. What's happening, how we feel, and state your name, and where you calling from? I'm from Kentucky, man. What's going on, bro? Doing good, man. I mean, I'll, I mean, you open up Wednesday, Mike, New Year. You're getting, the t- you're getting a chance to talk to the Alabama football family. It was not the outcome you wanted in Pasadena. But he, he, here's the time where if you're going to clean house, clean house and somehow regroup. Yeah, that was kind of a tough game to watch, man. I mean, we, we, how do you come out flat in the semi? semifinal I, 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 I mean I, I mean Mike that 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 one right there you, you got so many questions you're looking at you know what, what, where was the offensive line what, what happened there you know Seth McLaughlin what, what happened there why why was he pulled why was he not pulled you look at you know the lack of aggression on the final uh offensive drive for Michigan where was the Alabama defense there there's there so many questions that need answers too when you look at that game against Michigan because uh, you know Michigan did some good things. Don't get me wrong, uh, but there th- that was more so of Alabama gave that game to Michigan. Yeah, we got we just we got outplayed and it's kind of like fishing. We had them reeled back in, and just before we got them in the boat, they got off. <laughs> Right, I mean, right. I mean, you, yeah. you go, you go back to. I, That's I look what back, made it frustrating. It, 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 Mike, it did. And I look back at as bad as it was, as self-inflicting mistakes as it was. You're up. Bama's up 20, 20 to thirteen. You're up by seven with four forty-one to go in the fourth quarter. Michigan's got the ball on their own twenty-five yard line. You give any of those old Bama defenses early in the Nick Saban era a seven-point lead with 4.41 to go, that's all they need to go out there and shut the opposition down. This group allows J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, to drive 75 yards in eight plays and tie the game. Yeah, we had them, we had them shut out in the second half, and then it just – Went away. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about it. But I ain't going to get down on it too bad. You know, but we got next year coming. Just start thinking about next year and forget about it. I mean, I've, I don't know. I've I've heard the rumors about that Seth character. I don't know, man. I, it's hard to believe unless he's got a gambling problem. <laughs> my, my, I don't my, know. My, I thing mean, is, my thing is – I. I wish I, I wish him the I wish him the best. I pray for him the best. It's just it is, it 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 it, it is some type of fall to go from. Here's the guy that in the 2021 SEC championship he goes out there first start as a center and dominates Georgia to 
two to roughly three years later, here he is, uh, 2023 season, having so many problems snapping the ball, and then in the Rose Bowl has several bad snaps, including some uh, that kill touchdown drives. I don't get it. I, yeah. I, I absolutely don't get it. I don't either. It's hard. That's a hard one to swallow. You know, there was a hole about a half a mile wide on the left side on that last play. Milro just didn't see it. That bad snap got him jittery. Man, he could have right, drove a truck because, through that right, gap. Did you I see mean, that gap on the left? Uh, my, Good my Lord. God. It was huge. Jaden Roberts plowed that thing open, and if the snap was right – all Milro had to do was cut off Robert's hip. It's a walk-in touchdown. Yeah, he was. He would have been untouched. But you know, if whatever, if my grandma had sideburns, she'd be my grandfather. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it, Mike. It is crazy. But, but like you mentioned, here's a time where you look at spring ball. You look at these uh, 2024 kids coming in here. Which one of these kids is ready to make an impact? I think the true freshman running back should have been – what's, what's his name? I got brain locked tonight. Uh, uh, Haynes. Haynes. Man, he, he was on fire in the first half. Gave you a spark. I mean, gave you a spark. A 10-yard rush here, a 10-yard carry there, a six-yard run here. And I don't know why Tommy Reese took the ball out of his hands. I don't either because he was he – was, the most consistent running back we had at that point. But that's always next year, man. I'm going to get off and let somebody else talk, man. Roll Tide to you. Everybody keep your heads up, man. We'll get them next year. Appreciate Mike from Kentucky calling in here. We're going to grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Oh, Stephen hey, Stephen M. Smith. It is Robin Colorado. What's going on, man? How you feeling, Rod? Uh, I'm pretty down, man. I'm a diehard Bama fan since 2005, and um, I just feel like, you know, the, the viewers, you're not going to like to hear this, but I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Okay. I feel like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like it, it was rigged. I feel like it was rigged, bro. I feel I, like I, I watched. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't. You 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 would you you wouldn't be wrong in in Rod and having that opinion. You wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, I hate to. I mean, because I'm listening to all these Bama homers, and they're like next year, man, and they whipped us. And I'm like, wait a minute, bro. Uh, Lawson stayed in Georgia's backfield a month ago. Uh, Kool Aid, uh, Terry on Arnold shutting plays down. Anything going to the edge. Uh, Lawson and Campbell shutting the middle down. Our D-line shutting the middle down. Um, and then you come and then you play Michigan, and I don't care. Michigan is not better than Georgia, okay? And, and you know, and the, to me, they're probably a middle-of-the-road team, maybe top-tier team in the SEC, but they're not better than Georgia, and they're not better than Alabama. Um, I saw, you know, you got the, you know, the first thing that was, was kind of weird to me, the punter. They just overlooked that. Kind of reminded me of the Auburn game. When when we uh, it was was it a face mask? Was it a face yeah. mask that we had? To, okay, the face mask. I told my wife that's not good that they ignored that because right after that, who ran a touchdown? Was it Kendrick Law against Auburn? Somebody ran a touchdown and they got called back. That was Kendrick Law. 
Okay, that was for the face mask. Okay, I've seen this crap too many times. I'm too emotionally vested. I'm too financially invested. I bought the $100 hoodies. I bought the $100 Bama um, um, polo shirts, authentic. Um, uh, the, the play where the, the first play where Michigan scored on a run, um, Coram ran to the left. You see Lawson and Campbell pointing at him. They're, they're looking straight, but they're pointing saying, somebody get them. Please. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I think I'm in the twilight zone. No one's talking about this. The guy just runs in scores. Another play. Lawson has the angle. Lawson's a dog. Lawson's a Reuben Foster type. Dude plays out of his mind. He'd run through a brick wall for Nick Saban. He lets the guy that the, it was that it was that touchdown run where he just gave up and ran out of bounds. And, and I think it it was number six. Is that Amos? I think That's number key. six. Just Jaylen like Jalen Key just just runs and runs behind him and, and and just pushes. I don't know what he does. Jumps out of jumps out of bounds. Pushes him in the end zone. Another play. McCarthy throws the ball to a tight end or a running back in the backfield. He throws the ball to him. Then the dude throws the ball back to McCarthy. He throws the ball a mile in the air. It sits in the air. Caleb Downs just lets – do you remember that? I, you remember I, when I, he just, I, 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 I remember all three plays vividly. He lets him – he, he literally is staring at <laughs> – he's staring at the quarterback in the backfield Somebody hits the quarterback. I think it was Turner. Oh, it was. He throws the ball in a mile in the air. It sits in the air. Anybody, somebody from the stairs could have came out and intercepted the ball, bro. And, and, and he catches the ball. And I'm just like, uh, and I'm, and I'm just, I mean, bro, I'm, I'm telling you. I, 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 also, I will also add this. I, I was amazed at this. There were several. And I mean several holdings in the game. Yes. And the officials just said, let them play. <laughs> there yeah, were offsides. How about the holdings. offsides? There were several holdings happening on the field because it was a Big 12 officiating crew. There were several holdings, and the officiating crew just looked at each other and said, just let them play. And I love you. I love Kyle Henderson. I love all the guys on Ben Stratter, Bo, all those guys, man. But I can't, I can't do it anymore, man. I can't, I can't be invested anymore. Everybody's like, oh, I hope this person stays. I hope that person stays. What's it matter if Lawson just stops running? What's it matter if Caleb Downs just said, go ahead? What's it matter if Blake Corns running into the end zone and Lawson and Caleb Downs point at him? Well, I remember Ruben Foster just taking the whole O-line out, diving, trying to take some contact. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who stays and goes. If it's already rigged, the NFL's losing viewers, okay, the, uh, uh, Harbaugh's going to the Chargers. He wins. Put all your money on Michigan. They're going to win. I like Penix. I like Washington. I said it. I kept telling Kyle Henderson, Washington's going to beat Texas. He didn't want to believe it. I told her, every, every, everyone, I saw that coming. Michigan will win. Harbaugh will go to the NFL, and and that's how that's how it's going to go because the NFL's losing viewers. It's all about the Roman Coliseum, keeping everybody distracted. This, it's, I'm sorry, I know you can and feel free to call me crazy. Anyone in the comment section can call me crazy. That's cool. I'm just seeing things 
in plain sight, just like how you saw it, Stephen. I mean, uh, Rod, look, 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 just looking at this game uh, from all different types of angles that I was able to see it from, uh, something just it, – it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. And, 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 yes, Michigan won the game. And hats out to them, not making any excuses for what happened. But there was just certain things in the game that you can look at and go, did I really see what I just saw? And then you pinch yourself and you go, okay, I'm not dreaming. I actually saw what I just saw. You know, my people, friends, and family told me it was all rigged. I, I I got invested in it, and I stayed locked in. Like like when Bama lost to Clemson in 2015, or 20 wait 2015, like that was a game, dude. Like that like they they lost. Okay, cool, they lost. When they lost to Georgia, they lost. This this right here, I'm seeing dudes slow down, literally slow down. Go, go back and watch Lawson when the, the he's running to the it was, a, it was a touchdown run from Michigan, I think Key or somebody pushed him out. Watch them slow down. Watch people just stop playing and stop moving. And I'm just like, bro, the fix is in. Nick Saban's in on it. Some, I don't know, some, all the players are in on it. I don't know, but, I mean, God, God, God bless you. I like what you do. This is your job. I'm not trying to discredit you. Um, uh, but I can't, I can't be involved in this. Appreciate Rod calling in from Colorado, giving his thoughts here on a Wednesday. We're going to take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Steve, my boy, when I said it at the end of spring game, you probably was the only person who believed me or heard it at the time. Everybody thought I was capping. Everybody thought I was, I was down talking, saving. I said, Steve, this team got the roster, but we know old buddy for the last past four years, he played who he want to play, and it ain't production-based football down there in Tuscaloosa no more. That's what has happened to Bama, and you can see it G through G various players. G you can see it you various players, Steve. Go G ahead. Go ahead. You, you are dead phone. right. No I mean, so. G, you, you are dead. You called it. And you are absolutely right. You, you you called it at the guard position. It's supposed to be Jaden Roberts. You called it. Ah. You you called it in terms of Jihad Campbell need to be out there more. You called it on that. Ah. And so and you, you you've been talking about production and at the safety in the back end need more pop back there. You've called that. Come on now. And uh, and now here we are here. You've even looked at the center position. You called out that one too. Listen, 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 listen. And and I, I really think it's because, and I told you before a while ago, I think Saban is more fearful of the portal NIL than he wants us to believe. Because, and I, and I hate to do him like this because he'd be on y'all show a lot, but Saban started that playing time bullshit with the Chris Owens. When Chris Owens, that, what year was that? 17, 18, 19, something like that, 19? Yeah. When I seen it then, I'm like, hold on. Chris Owens over Pierce Quick. What's going on? How, what? What? And then, and then you come out and see Jermaine Burton last year getting playing time over Earl, JoJo, 
get, playing time over Aaron Anderson. And then people want to say, well, why is Earl Little Jr. leaving? Because Jalen Key suck. That's why he leaving. Jalen Key won't know Earl Little coming out of high school. He won't know Tony Mitchell coming out of high school. I don't even know how he out there. So I get what people are saying with the maybe it could be some, some funny uh, Vegas stuff going on. But I've been seeing Bama juniors and seniors take slow regression over the past four years, and that's because they know they're not losing their spot. Jordan Battle last year had a worse year than his previous first years. He knew he wasn't going to lose his spot. DeMarco Hellams knew he wasn't going to lose his spot. Uh, I'm going to even be honest with you. After watching Deontay loss in the past four, five games, even Jahai Campbell the four, five games, and definitely Transmit Marshall the four, five games, why haven't we seen Jefferson or Blackshire none? So, or Sean Murphy. I told you, Steve. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Steve, I, I said it. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Bama will win another chip unless Saban gets former players. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I don't think he'll get no more. Maybe this year will break him out of the favoritism, out of the seniority, because I even have a problem with Caleb Downs being a, the best player on our team damn near, and he's a true freshman. If you think about it, Caleb Downs may be the best player on the field, and we could give it to Milro, but I'm not going to diss him because, you know, I had him high. I had Milro high. I ain't going to diss him, but I'm with Adrian McCarron. At some point with Milro, we got to stop lying. He's a, he's a run-first quarterback. And he, he's not good at reading blitzes. If you we rocks the game, I can't put it on Reese. I could put that game on self, Miro, and the D-line. I'm going to say this even I'm out. Steve, everybody was talking about Miro this and what the offense going to do. And I, and, I, and I like you, bro. I like you, bro, because I see you on the other shows vouching for it. I keep saying the Bama standard is not back if the D-line is not the reason we win the games. People keep talking Bama standard without mentioning a D-line that will win every game. And every game we have lost the past two seasons, they have scored on their last two possessions. Let's take it back to LSU last year. Jaden Daniels, run and play, score, game over. Tennessee on the final drive. They ran the ball 60 yards on the final drive, score, game over. Look what happened uh, Monday. Michigan, score, game over. So the two things we got with Bama, and I don't think we'll win one more until we fix it. D-line, playing time. Thank you, Steve. Chief Riley, letting the chopper fall as it may on a Wednesday. Appreciate him from call, for calling in. And all of you guys for calling in, giving your thoughts here on a Wednesday. First of a new year following a Rose Bowl overtime loss there to Michigan. Call topic right here. So, uh, Dallas Turner, Alabama junior outside linebacker, declaring for the NFL draft. And according to our own Patrick Dowd of TDA, it looks like J.C. Latham, uh, offensive tackle, is declaring for the draft as well. So you got Dallas Turner declaring for the draft. You got J.C. Latham declaring for the draft. Kool-Aid McKinstry 
has a decision to make. Terry on Arnold has a decision to make. Some guys have some decisions to make. Reports are swirling that it looks like Deontay Lawson may stick around, come back for next season. But as of right now, Dallas Turner and J.C. Latham uh, declaring for the NFL draft. We're going to go to a break right here, folks, on Touch That Dial. When we get back, Alabama loses an assistant coach to an SEC opponent. How bad is this loss? What does this mean? We'll get into it after this. We're out here at Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah, this. <laughs> Gotta get this. Gotta get one of these right here. Can't rock that band without this shirt right here, Fresh Pomo. You gotta also rock the all paint. Like Kanye West right there. Keychains, gotta get you some keychains. University of Alabama keychains. I'm telling you, if you are a diehard Alabama fan and you're looking for some big time apparel, this place has got everything. We're talking shirts, shoes, sweatshirts, hoodies, cups, mugs, keychains. If you're just a Todd fan that has an itch to get more apparel, get more swag in your game, you come right here at Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa, right here in Midtown Village. And also you can shop online. The link is in the description to get your gear right here at Alumni Hall. We also have new, fresh, exclusive TDA gear you can get right now at Alumni Hall. That's in store or online. Hit that link in the description and search Touchdown Alabama to view all of the available gear. Hurry and get yours before they're sold out. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we're popping back in here to the action from the break. Hottest show on the streets. Talking your Bama football news in my own words, George truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Happy to have my man John Ivory in the production studio, handling things right there. Bama, 20 to 27 loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Bama, several names hopping in the NCAA transfer portal. Bama, what is it going to take for Nick Saban? to get back to that national championship and win it. He's now gone three years. This is the first time this has happened. Three years, no title. Three years, national championship drought. You know, there was a time where you go to Alabama as a recruit, by the time you leave, you have at least one national championship. We got a couple of members of the 2021 recruiting class that will leave with no natty. Dallas Turner leaves with no natty. J.C. Latham leaves with no natty. Like I said, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry Arnold, they got decisions to make. But um, Dallas, J.C., both former five stars, 
leave with no national championship. That is crazy unheard of. But that's what's happening right now in Tuscaloosa. As we get into the second topic here of conversation, Alabama, this happened on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, an assistant coach has decided to leave Nick Saban in Alabama for for a job working with an SEC opponent was a lateral move here. A lateral move took place on Tuesday, and uh, the coach's name is Holman Wiggins, wide receivers coach for Alabama, assistant head coach on offense for the Crimson Tide, Coach Wig, a California native, 43 years of age. He arrived at the University of Alabama in 2019 after spending time at Virginia Tech and Memphis as a wide receivers coach. He's been at the Crimson Tide from 2019 to this recent past season, 2023. But uh, on Tuesday night, Mike Elko, the new man at Texas A&M Aggieland, taking over for one Jimbo Fisher, has hired uh, Holman Wiggins to be his wide receivers coach for the Aggies. So a lot of this is just geared toward Wiggins recruiting acumen more so than anything else. And for a lot of, for some of the Alabama fans, it was, no, we can't lose Coach Wig. He's our California guy. He's our West Coast recruiter. We got to keep the state of California. This is terrible. You can't lose Holman Wiggins. Uh, let me just say this. Coach Wig is good I have no no disrespect whatsoever to Coach Wiggins, uh, but is this really a major loss for Alabama football? Let's really dissect this thing. Is it a major loss? I don't think it is. Here's why. Yes, you lose Coach Wig, but Alabama has another California recruiter on staff, that being Robert Bonga, the inside linebackers coach. Coach Bonga is from Oceanside, California. So there's your other... California guy right there on the coaching staff and Robert Baga. Also, when Nick Saban really wants you to stay and he really sees you're doing your responsibility and you're productive uh, and the players are vibing with you and you mean something to the program, what does Coach Saban do for you? He cut that check. He give you that back. He back up the Brinks truck and drop that money, 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 money. Make it rain on your soul. That's what Nick Saban does. You go back to, remember Scott Cochran? The first time Kirby Smart wanted to take Scott Cochran to Georgia, and Nick Saban's like, oh, no, 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 no. Scott's too valuable. What did Nick Saban do? He broke that check. He broke that money off. And Scott Cochran stayed his little behind right in Tuscaloosa. Then the second time Kirby Smart wanted to grab Scott Cochran, but Scott was still doing that job. What did Saban do? Break off a little bit of that Kit Kat bar. Break off a little bit more of that money. Kept Scott Cochran right there. Scott didn't go anywhere. It was when Cochran, the production started to drop, and that, and it was when Cochran wanted to be an wanted to be an on-field coach. And Saban's like, no, like you got to continue to fine-tune the strength and conditioning, and being the energy guy, the motivation guy, and the production started dropping. That was when Saban finally just said, all right. 
You want to go to Georgia? Go on over there. When Saban sees the production not there, that's when he becomes all right with just letting you make the lateral move there, and he doesn't stop you. He lets you make the lateral move there. You saw what happened with Pete Golden. Going to make the lateral move to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I, I I would not be opposed to thinking he called Lane Kiffin. Hey, I got a D.C. for you. Here you go. And slid Pete Golden right at Ole Miss. So here it is again here with Holman Wiggins. Coach Wig, great recruiter, uh, strong recruiter. Uh, Coach Wig was the head assistant coach for offense. I think he was also the co-offensive coordinator for Alabama as well. But be that as it may, when you look at Coach Wig, uh, great recruiter, but as far as a uh, developer in terms of uh, getting the getting the receivers to play at a high level, separating from DBs, running the right routes, you know, those types of things. Uh, Coach Wig not having that kind of production there. I know a lot of people look at, well, Wiggins had uh, Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs. He put the final polish on those guys, but he didn't develop those guys. Michael Loxley and Josh Gaddis developed those guys. Those guys were already there before Coach Wig even got there. Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith were 1,000-yard receivers before Wig got there. Jerry Judy in 2018 was a Fred Belitnikoff Award winner before Coach Wiggins got there. 2018, Jalen Waddle was the SEC Freshman of the Year, 48 catches, well, 45 catches, 848 receiving yards, seven touchdowns before Holman Wiggins even got there. Henry Ruggs III was already doing his thing before uh, Holman Wiggins got there. Even when you look at Jamison Williams, he had some development under Brian Hartline at Ohio State before even coming to Alabama. Now, Coach Wig put some polish there on J-Mo, but that's it. Probably the only wide receiver that Holman Wiggins developed from start to finish and made him really good was John Mechie. That was the only one that you can give Wig. Everybody else, you can't give it to him. Mechie, yes. Everybody else, no. And uh, Alabama has not had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2021 uh, when Mechie and J-Mo both hit 1,000-plus together. Alabama has not had the production. It has lacked the production it's needed in that wide receiver room. And Coach Wig. Uh, there need to be an upgrade at that wide receiver position. So that's this is the reason why, you know, to me, the loss doesn't hurt. To me, the loss isn't that much of a big deal. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it may hurt in recruiting, but as far as teaching, developing, and getting production from that wide receiver room that you need, Coach Wiggins did not do that. So Here's a chance for Coach Saban to look at this coaching staff and really, truly upgrade, get guys in here that can teach, that can develop, that can produce at at positions that need that coaching, that development, and that productivity. So Coach Wig going to Texas A&M, 
going to Mike Elko and his staff. I wish the best for Coach Wig. But in terms of is this a detriment to the University of Alabama, absolutely not. Because we have not seen the production. We have not seen the marquee playmaking ability at that wide receiver room that we have grown so used to and accustomed to seeing. And when you're not seeing what you're used to seeing, then you need to have an upgrade at that spot. And that's what Coach Saban is going to do or is doing at this juncture. So we're going to take another break right here, folks, on the show. I want to touch that dial when we get back. We return to your phone calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We get back to you, the Bama fans, right after this. What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman, and you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll! Roll! Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we're back into the action here from the break. Number one ticket for your Pama. Football news in my own world, George truly. Stephen Smith of TDA, got my man John Ivory in the production studio. Continue tapping the like button, hitting that subscribe button, getting yourself locked on to Bama. Your Crimson Tide got to regroup after coming up short, Rose Bowl against Michigan on Monday. One of the from you get one of the folks in the chat line here was asking, you know, potential replacements for Holman Wiggins. I would like to see Nick Saban make a phone call to Kevin Norwood, Mr. Clutch, a.k.a. the Tiger Killer, former three-time national champion. Bring him back for Tuscaloosa as the wide receivers coach. I would love for Coach Saban to reinvest back in the program by bringing Kevin Norwood home. Will he choose to do it? Remains to be seen, but that would be my suggestion. We're going to go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Stephen? This is Terrence out here in Lufkin, Texas. What's up, man? Terrence doing good, man. I mean, happy new year to you. Happy new year to you, my guy. We opened this Wednesday doing this show, and I know it was not the uh, result that uh, the Bama Nation wanted, but here is Nick Saban's shot to look in the mirror, and if you got to regroup, you got to do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, man, I had been wanting to call a show to be like, man, I hope Bama don't get caught trying to look forward to thinking they was going to play Texas and, you know, it was going to catch up with them. 
And then it made it seem like it did because as soon as the game was over, it took Dallas no time, Dallas Turner no time to hit. Oh, I'm calling no offense, but it, it make it seem like, hey, look, you, you, your mind wasn't in it. On top of that, it's like, man, Dallas and Braswell, they were absent during the game. No blocking in the first half and the last play that was called in the game. I'm like, it's crazy. That's, 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 that's just crazy. But uh, on the coordinators, I want to just say, man, we're still being able to retire. Who would give uh, would still retire? Because I know he had the one year, I think, deal he had with us. Um, let's let, since the, the outside linebacker coach is going to be a D.C. at Mississippi State, hey, Freddie Rose, go ahead and get to the outside linebacker. That's your strong suit. We need to go ahead and go get Bo Davis back from from Longhorns. We need that. Uh, we need that any far as – and who do we go for as a wide receivers coach? Where do we go for as a do, – do we get an offensive, another offensive coordinator or even a pass coordinator? Where do we go? We're, we're, we, we need to be more physical, and we, we need a defensive coordinator that's going – I hate to say it, that's going to be on ass. You know, uh, I do feel like Kool-Aid McKinstry played very lackluster this year. Terry on honor outshined him. He was the unsung hero. Um, I hope he come back. A hey, big ups to Boyd B and, and Tim Keenan for doing their thing. But man, hey Bama, we got to get back to the real Bama standards. People are playing too soft, but you get mad because you're being criticized about it. But you guys are posting this and that publicly. Stand on business. Domination. Roll tie. Happy New Year. Appreciate Terrence calling in here on a Wednesday. We get this call here, Young Live, on the show. What's happening, how we feel, and state your name, and where you calling from. We thought we had a call right there. Unfortunately, that, that was no call right there. Appreciate you, John, for getting me right there. But we go to our topic right here. For those of you who still want to call in, 205-448-1358, the number right there, 205-448-1358. This topic here, we've got, even though Bama not going to play for a national championship that will come down to Michigan and Washington, Coach Saban, a finalist for the George Munger Coach of the Year Award from the Maxwell Football Club. He won the Munger Coach of the Year, on, Coach of the Year honor back in 2016, a year where Bama got to the SEC championship game, won it, Got to the college football playoff, came so close, but uh, didn't get it done there. Uh, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback of that team, but Nick Saban, a finalist for the George Munger Coach of the Year Award. But we drop back into the phone lines to take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening, how we feeling, state your name, and where you calling from? Hey, uh, this is Dennis Nunez from Huntsville. I, I, my, my concern with, with this football team and just the state of the program in general is, I don't know what happened to the program, but ever since we won that national championship in 2020, there are certain problems that just haven't gotten solved. And we just got used to Nick Saban having, you know, silver bullets and solving every single problem that ever came up, except maybe the kicker. And for some reason we solved that one now, but this O-line problem has not gone away. I mean, we had huge O-line problems in 21. We've had huge problem 
problems in 22. And while this O-line was better, they just lack cohesiveness. Our wide receivers, we don't have a stud wide receiver. When was the last time we developed a stud wide receiver? Who, what, what defensive lineman do we have that we can say is stud? I mean, we just since what Quentin Williams, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't understand what's happened. And I'm, I'm not a coach. I mean, I, I don't have the knowledge to, to know what's happened, but something's happened. And I don't know what your thoughts are about what's going on, but maybe, you know, COVID had an effect on the program. I don't know. Dustin, well, you, you, you make a point there. COVID had an effect in the sense of uh, you weren't able to go out and really watch guys. You weren't able to go out, really watch guys, really scout guys, really look at, does this guy fit the nature of our program? So during the COVID time, you had to base everything off of film that was sent to you. And sometimes film can be deceiving. You can get film on a guy, and the guy looks great on film, and then you bring the actual guy in, and the actual guy does not match the film that you watched. So I think COVID played a role in that. But I also look at the fact that Alabama's – lost coaches they've lost quality coaches and they have not been able to get a coach that matched the quality that it lost or even be better than the quality that it lost I look at you lose a Steve Sarkeesian a Lane Kiffin you haven't been able to match that quality since then you lost a Bo Davis defensive line coach. You have not been able to match that quality or get better since then. You lost a Kirby Smart, a, a, a Jeremy Pruitt defensive coordinator, inside linebackers coach. You have not been able to get back to that quality, if not better since then. There are You lost uh, Michael Loxley as a wide receivers coach. You haven't got back the quality that you lost since then. Saban has lost coaches, and he's been trying hard. How can I get back that same quality of a coach that I just lost, and he has not been able to do that? No, I mean, I, I agree that, that you know, I, I'm, I don't hate Tommy Reese. I don't love him either. I don't hate Kevin Steele. I don't love him either. Uh, I, I mean, I think Kevin Steele is a, a damn good um, defensive line or a defense coordinator, but is he elite? I, I don't think he is. And same with Tommy Reese. I mean, he, Tommy Reese had his moments, but, uh, you know, he, he had a good camp game plan against Georgia. Um, but, geez, man, he, 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 it doesn't seem like he's been able to do something about the O-line. It doesn't seem like uh, Eric Wolford has been able to do to get those guys playing together because, I mean, I watched that game on Monday and I did not think that Michigan just pushed us around. I thought we just they just couldn't handle what was thrown at them. I mean, they just they just looked confused. They didn't know where people were going. A little bit the same with the defense. I mean, I I didn't I thought you know I didn't think. Michigan, for the most part, had better athletes than than us. It's just they didn't they didn't know where to go. You know they got they got uh, you know let's just say it. I mean they got we got out coached. So it is what it is. But 
I appreciate it, Steve. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate Dustin from Nashville calling in here on a Wednesday. We're going to grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. What's going on, Steve? It's Chad from Miami. Chad, what's happening, man? Not much, man. I was just going over the whole transfer portal situation. The only one I'm surprised about is Earl Mitchell. I think Christian Story. His time is up. He was he would what is he a uh, red shirt uh, sophomore, which is pretty much a senior, and so was um um Seth. Um, I think uh a lot of um I think Alabama should a- a- adopt um a lot of the NFL mindset um uh with a lot of these players. Um, if they do not work out at a certain position, try them at another position. I think they they did that with um um uh with um um uh. Crap, um, um, uh, Terion, Terion didn't, didn't, we, we necessarily didn't, didn't need him as, as safety, so they tried him out at corner and ended up working out and giving it time. I think with the O line, if a lot of guys can't play tackle, um, we need to try him at guard. That's what they usually do in the NFL. And then if a guard can't play his position, try him out at center. So I think that's a way, a way to resolve some of the issues we have coming up with, um, uh, our center and right tackle leaving. Um, uh, I'm kind of mad about Earl. I thought he should have started and we could have put, um, uh, Malachi back at safety, but that's not how it worked out. And, you know, Saban's been recruiting. So a lot of guys have, are coming in. I think we have maybe like six or seven corners in the last two, two or such years. And I mean, I'm not mad at the guys that want playing time. And my main thing is also is that, um, uh, we need to open up the quarterback position um, Milrose cool, but I think he does have some limitation, but also, that also have to do with, um, uh, Tommy Reese play calling, but Jalen Hurts, we did have a, as a starter, as a freshman. And I think we need to see what the guys behind him are, um, uh, available to do during the spring. I'm not saying automatically give somebody else a job, but it just, just need to be open competition and see who's the best fit and who best, um, uh, fits the situation because, um, I don't think right now the quarterback we have um, is able to overcome some of the deficiencies we have on offense. Um, uh, Shannon Sharp was saying that um, the O-line wasn't good enough and uh, a lot of throws were open. It's just um, uh, Michigan had an NFL um, defensive coordinator and it made um, uh, Jalen Milrow look inadequate. And I see a lot of teams are adopting um, um, some of the strategies um, in next season from the Michigan defensive coordinator to help go out Jalen Milrow. So um, uh, those are the few things I wanted to address. But I think we just got to do a better job at um, getting some of the kids in. And I'm not mad about the wide receiver coach leaving because, I mean, he's done a decent job at recruiting, but he hasn't really done a decent job at developing, like the last caller said. But Thank you. I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Chad from Miami calling in here on a Wednesday. We're going to go to this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hi, this is Carl Berry calling from Bolivar, Missouri. How we doing? Doing good. Doing good, Steven. I've been watching your show for, uh, for a few years now. And, uh, man, that Michigan game was pretty tough. 
It was it was not it was not the way, Paul, that a lot of the Bama Nation would have liked for it to end. Uh, this is one where if you're Nick Saban, you're looking at yourself dead in the mirror and you're wondering, uh, how did I let this get like this? Like three years without a national championship, I have a recruiting class that two of the best players from that class. Dallas Turner and J.C. Latham are leaving without a national championship. What am I? What do I need to do to get this thing rectified? Because to me, it's like Alabama played Georgia in the SEC championship like it was the national, and did not take that same energy into the Rose Bowl. No, they did not. No, sir. So, so, that, so yeah, that, 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 that right there is the biggest thing for Coach Saban. And as, much as, I, as much as I respect him and what he has done for this program, he's done a lot for this Alabama program. But this one right here will eat at Nick Saban for a while because you're up 20, 20 to 13 with 441 to go. And the side of the ball that you've been a guru of for your entire coaching career that side fails at the end. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And I was listening to your live stream and before on, I can't remember what it was on, but man, it just did not feel like an Alabama team like we've seen in the past. And it, yeah, it just really felt like something was off. But, and it kind of le- makes me wonder, you know, how high will J.C. Latham goes? He's a great talent, but. You know, our line play wasn't great, and our D-line play wasn't great. Dallas Turner had a few good plays, but that's just kind of my thoughts there. J.C. Latham may go middle to late first, depending on how he does at the NFL Combine, which is coming up in, what, February, late February, early March. We'll see how Dallas Turner does in the Combine. He's more so of a top-ten talent based off his measurables, physical stature, uh, potential there. So we'll see. Of course, Kool-Aid, McKinstry, Terry on Arnold, they both have decisions to make as draft-eligible juniors. So we'll see what they do. Appreciate Paul there calling to the show on a on a, on a Wednesday. We're going to go to this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from? Hey, turn the speaker down just a bit. But you're live on the show. Hello? You're live on the show. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Doing good, and yourself? Doing good, doing good, man. A little upset by the game. Well, not a little upset. Definitely upset by the game, man. Uh, Takeaways from the game. Uh, What do you think about how uh, Miro approached a lot of plays with just going, um, going those, those deep balls that he was doing. Was he rushing those? You think? Like, was he? You know, what I mean, he still has to read the defense, but but a lot of those deep balls was rushed. Feels like. I feel like a lot, I feel like a, a lot of that was rushed due to bad snap, due to a lot of pressure coming at you, blitzing guys were passed off the protection scheme. And a, lot, and, 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 a lot, and a lot of that was due to Milrow in a sense of, okay, if I know my offensive line within the first two times I'm getting sacked, I know it's going to be a game like this, I either got to tuck it and run or chunk the ball out of bounds. I, I can't sit here 
and take these sacks. If I know within the first two sacks, my offensive line, it's going to be this type of a day, go ahead, take off, start running or chunking that ball out of bounds because uh, this is not it. <laughs> and another thing, too, so with, with Tommy Reese being the coordinator, right, with the offensive coordinator, you have to find what works for your team. And when you find that during the season, you stick to it during his season. The, the This Michigan – no, 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 no jet sweeps, no motions. That's what beats, beats uh, the, the game like the LSU game was a game that we need to win. We found that scheme should have went throughout our, our rest of the year, regardless if LSU wasn't the best defense this year, which they wasn't. But that scheme that he put up against LSU, uh, against some of the Texas a that scheme like that should have went the rest of your year. And then you add wrinkles to it. You just don't go above and beyond to – for a Michigan team, because really we we had the best player. Of course, we had the best players, best recruits on that field, and they just dominated. They just like we 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 kind of went above and beyond for that Michigan team. We should have stuck to what's what's us. And then another thing, I feel like Jalen with his running ability, it it was it wasn't there this year like I was expecting. Like he had like a slight limp with his hip or something like that. You know what I mean? Like when I was watching him this year, it wasn't that same elusive that he had um, the previous year. So with that and the, the design runs and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, the game plan, I feel like, was just too was too much planned, and we just didn't, you know what I'm saying, like just stuck, stuck to what worked. We found, we found what worked during the year at a game, like an LSU game, we, we found out what worked. We should have been on on that every game to beat, to beat the rest of the, you know what I'm saying, to the, 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 the win, the win our way out, and I believe we would have done it. But we let that miss. We let this year slip through our hands because Georgia and me, we beat that Georgia team. And that was next championship. That was the best game we've seen this year. And we come in and, and just drop the ball on Michigan, man, and then <sighs> had a chance to play play Washington, which you can't you can't knock those teams. You know, it's big, the big team, Pac-12. You can't knock those teams. But man, Alabama just we, we dropped the ball this year, man. God, we dropped the ball. It, 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 was that you, it was something that you didn't want to watch. You didn't want to see happen that way. And, and like I said, this is one that – it's going to eat at Nick Saban. It's going to eat at yes, Nick Saban for a while. And this is going to force him to do some regrouping. This is going to force him to look at his coaching staff more. This mm-hmm. is going to force him to look at players. But th- this is going to break that over that, – that being overly loyal. And I've said this, Nick Saban can be loyal to a fault – to players that don't necessarily need that. And I think here is the moment that's going to break that, and we're going to get back to Saban doing, hey, if you're not handling your job, sit your tail down, get a young right. buck in there, and let's see what that young buck can do. Yes. Okay, last thing. Where was uh, – I'm sorry to run. I actually slipped my mind. Well, did you see the way that he uh, performed, the guy uh, – the running back, he haven't seen him all year, but he's Haynes, in my Justice final Haynes. Uh, Justice Haynes. Oh, I'm looking at what all year, and this is what we've seen, and he was killing him. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand why Tommy <laughs> Reese took the why ball out of his hands. I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it, but th- th- that's another thing. Like I, like I mentioned, Saban's going to have to take a long look at this coaching staff this offseason, but we're going to take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. 
Hello? You're live on the show. Hey, uh, this is Charles. I'm calling from Huntsville, Alabama. Charles, how we doing, man? Well, I'm doing better now that I'm talking to you. Uh, you know, I've been watching your show here and there. My mom is a huge fan of your show. Appreciate mom I'm out there. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be honest. My mom, she's a fan of your show because she does not like Alabama. So she watches your show typically, you know, she watches it all the time, but especially when Alabama loses, she's been waiting for your show to get your take on it and things like that. Now, for me personally, I was going for Alabama because I'm an SEC fan. You know, I always want to see the SEC do good, you know. So, you know, the thing about Alabama from what I saw and the SEC in general this year, I really feel that it's a down year for the SEC. I don't think the teams are really that good. Um, you know, not the level of dominance that we typically had over the other conferences in the past. So, uh, you know, the, the results from Alabama, Michigan, they don't surprise me that much. Um, you know, I really, I'm going to be honest, I think Georgia was probably a little better than Alabama, but I think that Nick Saban, he just has Kirby Smart's number because, I mean, that's pretty much the main person that beats Kirby Smart you know, year in, year out, no matter how good his team is, Georgia's team is, you know, Kirby Smart, he seems to lose to Dick Saban a lot. That's a good point. That's a good point there, Charles. So, so t- to me, when I, look, when I looked at this game, two things come to mind. Number one, uh, how focused were the players really? Because there were so many stories coming out about, you know, guys on Rodeo Drive, guys hanging out in Los Angeles, guys getting caught up in the festiv- just the festivities. And then you had, you know, Love, Jane, and Miro, and Terry on Arnold, but those two had the lank pop-up shops going on. So, to me, it was, uh, have the guys gotten sucked in by the distractions? And then when the game took place on the field, you could clearly see the guys got caught up in the distractions there was no energy out there. There was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of fire. There was no sense of how important this game is. Michigan took it to Alabama. And I'm not saying that Michigan did anything special, but there were just moments in that game where Alabama had so many self-inflicting mistakes. You can't have that. You can't have bad snaps. You can't have – go ahead. Michigan came out the gate with what a, a you know a drop punt ret- a kick return or something like that. So you know right out the gate it looked like Alabama was going to run away with it and Michigan it, it, was just it in did, over it, the it, it did. It, right, right so. out the gate it looked like that because it, right out the gate it looked like you know Caleb Down started the game with the pick but it got overturned and then Michigan three and out Bama gets the ball you got Jace McClellan who runs for a touchdown at seven nothing. You think Alabama's going to run away with it. Michigan comes back, but there were several plays in that game where, you know, mistakes by Alabama killed drives. Whether it was bad snaps, whether it was penalties, lack of protection by the offensive line, whether it was Tommy Reese not keeping the ball in the hands of Justice Haynes. There were so many variables that went into the very end where you're up by seven, uh, you allow Michigan to drive down the field to score to force overtime. Uh, you can't tackle Blake Corum uh, when you need to tackle Blake Corum. It, it was just rough all the way around. Absolutely. You, you're spot on. The, the line, 
both sides of the ball, you know, I felt like Michigan's line, you know, did a better job. You know, I, I don't think that Alabama's offensive line provided enough, uh, you know, enough protection for Milrow. And, uh, you know, even on the other side of the ball, you know, I felt like Michigan's line, you know, they did what they had to do. They did exactly what they had to do there, Charles. But Charles from Huntsville calling to the show. Appreciate him giving us his time. Absolutely. Appreciate Charles calling in from Huntsville here on a Wednesday. We're going to go to this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening, how we feel, and state your name, and where you calling from. Hey, Steven, it's Kyron from Albuquerque. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kyron. How you feeling? Um, I'm hanging in there, man. Um, haven't really uh, been too in tune with what's going on. You know, I caught the game, and but a couple of things that kind of struck, like kind of stuck with me. It, I just feel like one of the big things that's different from Bama of yes, yesteryear is just the attitude of a lot of players. You know, it's just a new age, more distractions. You know, just like that kind of like that attitude, especially if you're a player from Alabama now. You can jump in the portal, you know, and you know there's there, there's no like there's really no incentive anymore. There's no there's I don't know like that that innate just desire and want to be a player from Alabama and play for Alabama, play for the state. But now it seems like these guys come to Alabama just to jump in the portal the next year and say, hey, I was on Alabama's roster, you know, throw, throw some money at me, you know, and then and then two. One thing that really really stuck with me uh, was the quote from a Dallas Turner where when I guess he was asked if he's going pro, and he's like, yeah, no doubt about it, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, as a leader, was he just so eager to gather there? You know, like just the tone of that. It's like, what's what you know, what's going on? That, you know, like that just, that, that, that 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 Kyron kind of bothered me in a sense of you're one of three permanent team captains that will have your handprint and cleat print forever in Denny Chimes. And uh, for you to respond that way, I understand you want to turn pro, you want to go to the NFL, I get that. But for you to respond that way after your team just took a heartbreaking loss that you let slip away to a team that you knew you were better than, and that's how you responded at that moment, it did not sit well with me. Yeah, and it's just it's just like I, I can't picture, you know, Reggie Ragland or any you know, anybody from, you know, back in the day that would that would say anything like that, you know, and it just it just it was just odd to me. You know, and then lastly it's just I I'm not sure you're very touched on this, is like what was up with that last play call? You know, two timeouts in twenty minutes to, to call a run play when your O line's already getting manhandled all game, you know. I'm not a coach, I'm not a coordinator, but to me I throw the ball into the end zone. You know, if you can intercept it, fine, but don't at okay, least so, in the end zone, you know. So, 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 Kyron, the, the last play call from Tommy Reese, I actually thought it was a good play call. So, so, let me break this down here for you. So, the last play call, you had Bama in shotgun. You had Jermaine Burton at the top of the formation. The bottom of the formation, you got Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice in the slot. It was a run-pass option. Now, the play was initially designed to go to Jam Miller, who was flanking Jalen Milrow in the backfield. If the linebacker, if the linebacker takes Milrow, Milrow's job was to flip it out to Jam Miller. Jam's got blocking. He raises to the pylon of the end zone, stick that ball in, you score, touchdown, because you got the blocking. 
if the running if the if the linebacker goes with Jam Miller, then Jalen Miro keeps the ball because on the left side, Jaden Roberts created this massive truck size hole. So if Jay, if Jalen Miro gets a good snap, he goes off the hip of Jaden Roberts. He walks in untouched for a touchdown. It was a great play call by Tommy Reese. What messed it up? A terrible snap again by Seth McLaughlin, which causes Jalen Miro's eyes to go down to corral the ball. By the time his eyes gets back up, he does not see the massive hole by Jaden Roberts. He tries to go up the middle. Michigan blows the whole play up. Uh, gotcha. Thank, oh, I appreciate you breaking that down. So then, to me, it's kind of like somebody need to do something about that center because you know he was he was the cause of the, the fourth and whatever against Auburn, and we just you know we just were able to pull it out. So to me, that's that's just uh, you know, you, you, you've been you've been you've been playing center probably your whole life, and yeah, <laughs> I just yeah that's 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 odd to me, but. But thanks, Steve. Uh, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Kyron. Appreciate Kyron from Albuquerque calling in. We're going to go to our break here next. I mean, John, I think I should be a play-by-play -play announcer now. The way the good Lord was able to allow me to break that play down just then. I'm telling you, Eli Gold, if you got a spot available, Crimson Tide Sports Network, don't be afraid to call me. Just saying. But we're going to go to our final topic. We're going to go to our final break on the show. When we get back, we get into the final topic of conversation. That's on uh, where does Nick Saban go to from here? After the loss in the Rose Bowl, where does he go to to try to get this thing seriously back on track? We wrap things up with that after this. I'm Malachi Moore, and you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. What's going on? This is Benny Bice. I'm the founder and owner of Touchdown Alabama. And you guys are supporting one of the only independent outlets covering Alabama football today. No other sports, no networks, just Alabama football. Roll tie roll. All right, people, we're happy. We're happy to have you in here to the action from the break. Number one ticket for Bama. Football news, in my own words, George Truly, Stephen Smith of TDA wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. Appreciate all of you checking out the show on today. And we look at the final topic of conversation, John. Where does Nick Saban go to from here? 72-year-old head coach, six-time national champion at Alabama, seven-time champion overall, nine-time SEC champion at Alabama, He's done so much for this program, but right now he finds himself in uncharted waters. A three-year title drought in terms of national championships. Never been in this before. He has a recruiting class, a 2021 class, where two players have just declared for the draft, Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, 
They enter the draft with no national championship ring. It's crazy. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry Arnold, they've got decisions to make uh, coming up here. So, uh, for Coach Saban, wh- wh- where do you go to from here? You lose to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. You finish the season, another 10-plus win season, but y- you didn't get the national championship, right? Where do you go to from here? I think the, I think there's three things Saban's got to do, and they're all listed here on screen. Number one, he's got to take a long look at his coaching staff and look at how do I upgrade the staff? Number one, you look at Eric Wolf with the O-line coach. Is it time to look elsewhere for an O-line coach? I'm going to be honest with you. I miss Jeff Statlin terribly. I miss Mario Cristobal. I miss Kyle Flood. I miss 80-year-old Joe Pendry. I miss those guys. Like, those guys have the offensive line right. So, uh, is it time to look at Eric Wolford? Maybe look elsewhere for an offensive line coach and reevaluating your coaching staff. Is it time to look at Freddie Roach and being like, uh, Bo Davis did more. Uh, Craig Kuligowski did more. Carl Dunbar did more. Is it, is it time to look at Freddie Roach and look elsewhere in terms of defensive line coach? I mean, it's just time to really sort of evaluate this coaching staff because Holman Wiggins is gone. Now you got to look at new wide receivers coach. But is it time, if you're Nick Saban, to look at your coaching staff and think about, okay, where do I need to make upgrades? Because we we, got to get this respect factor back in Alabama. Where do I make upgrades? I mean, because after the loss to Michigan, you had a Michigan player go, we weren't, we weren't afraid of playing Alabama. We weren't upset about playing Alabama. We weren't disappointed playing Alabama. We think Florida State should have gotten in. But, hey, you see the score? You see how we handled Alabama? You got Michigan players talking like that right now. So if you're Coach Saban, how do you upgrade the staff? What moves do you need to make? That's number one. Number two, if you're Coach Saban, you got to now break you being overly loyal to older players, upperclassmen, when they don't need it. When you see a veteran player not doing what they're supposed to do, get them out of there. Put they behind on the bench, get a young buck in there, and deal with what that young buck can do. Nick Saban, we've seen you do this before. Jalen Hurts was 26-2 and as a starter in 2017 but when Jalen wasn't doing his thing in the national championship against Georgia you yanked him and you threw into her you pulled the biggest ballsy move of your career and you put two out there and what happened it paid off why because you were not afraid to pull the trigger coach Saban this is the same you coach Saban but in the national champion, the week for the championship game against Clemson, 2017 game, 2016 season, you let go of Lane Kiffin. You probably shouldn't have done that. You probably should have kept Lane on the sideline, but you let go of Kiffin. You weren't afraid to do it, Saban. You did it. This is the same you, Nick Saban, that benched Jalen Milrow week three of the season for Tyler Buckner against South Florida, and we all knew Tyler Buckner wasn't ready for that. But Saban, you still did it. You still did it. This should have been the same you, Nick Saban, 
that when Seth McLaughlin was struggling, yank him out of there, put somebody else in that center. It is time-saving. When you see a veteran player not doing their job, yank him out of there, put a young buck in there. Put him in there. And let's deal with what the young player does. This over-loyalty, Coach Saban, has cost you championships. It's cost you. It's cost you. Is this now the moment where you can finally see, Saban, the over-loyalty is costing you? That needs to be fixed here in terms of moving forward. And so last but not least, as you're getting this back on screen, John, uh, Saban's got to start reinvesting in the program by getting former players back in here, getting the B-side five blood back in here. Put them on the coaching staff. Put them on payroll. Having ha-ha Clinton Dix back in here, that's a start. That's a start. That's a good start. You need more back in here. Call up Kevin Norwood. Have him be the wide receivers coach. Call up Sean Dion Hamilton. Bring him home. Call these guys up. Bring them home. Call up Drake Kirkpatrick. Bring them home. Put them on the staff. Reinvest back in your program by getting guys that have been through the blood, been through the sweat, been through the tears, won a national championship. Heck, call Mike McCoy. Bring him in here. It is time to reinvest in this program with former players that know what it takes to win that natty. Because right now, we have players that don't know what it takes. We have players that don't get the Bama sci-fi, the B sci-fi credo. We got coaches that are only in here for a check and to use Alabama as a resume booster for a different program. Get Reinvest in your program by bringing in former players in here that understand, that know, that have been through it. It is time for Saban to look at this seriously in terms of getting this program back to where it needs to be at starting this offseason. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage, material on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone for your audio needs. Check us out, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered right there. Appreciate all of you guys. Got to give a shout-out to all of you, the Bama fans, for what you've done for us all season long. All the love, all the donations, all the super chats. You made this your show all 2023 to talk Bama. And we're going to continue rocking and rolling this thing with every last one of you. Gotta show some love to my man John Ivor in the production studio holding it down there. Till next time, folks. Husbands, love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to 
not be bored there. You get yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen Smith, and you've been listening to Them Own Words.